right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. We all want to be heard, seen, and understood. And the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, and influence us they aren't just salespeople. I think there are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm gonna share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human uh, and tell their stories uh, so we can all tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, so I am super excited. This is the first time that we have our first global guest. Yay! From across the pond in Bath, she will correct you. Do not uh, say Bath, all of you uh, people from the United States uh, in America. Uh, Bath uh, in the UK. Um, she is a, I have to say, a sales rock star. She's been uh, a keynote and TEDx speaker. Uh, she's, uh, you know, describes herself as a dyslexic author, WHS Smith top 10 and international number one bestseller twice voted UK's number one advisor. She has a number one best-selling book on uh, Amazon called The Secrets of Successful Sales. She runs a coaching business uh, in the UK, Sales Coaching Solutions, and they call her the entrepreneur's godmother. Please give me a huge round of applause. Welcome, Allison Edgar, to the podcast. Welcome, Allison. Thank you, Alex. You know that I'm going to take you everywhere with me now. Every time I'm speaking at a gig or anything, I'm just going to wheel you out and you can just deliver that intro every single time. Okay, I can record it and, uh, you know, be a superstar over in the UK. If I can get, <laughs> if I can tack along a, a trip to Bath, uh, my wife won't be uh, too upset at all about that. She, we love to travel. Um, so I am so, so excited uh, to get your perspective, uh, international perspective on sales, but I feel like it's really universal, some of these concepts that we're going to talk about today. Um, and just you have such a great career throughout uh, selling. You've been, you know, you've worked in hospitality management, you've done sales coaching, you've done speaking, um, you've worked with huge, you know, blue chip companies and, and just have experience working with some of the largest brands in the world. Um, you know, so I think we're going to get a great perspective today. So thank you for jumping on. Um, the first uh, question that I have for you, uh, really, I want to take you back if you can kind of go back in time and, and, and um, you know, I want to know for you where you first uh, realized in your life that you could affect the way that others maybe perceived you or maybe how you, you could even affect the outcome of how others behave towards you with what you could do with you had the power to maybe affect that when when did you first realize that 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 was something that you had the power of probably from when i was born i'm like oh, oh like to kind of get my own way. Um, and i think i think it's interesting I, I think you know you touched on it earlier but i worked in hospitality and to me, that was the best thing that I could have ever have done because I learned so much about the human aspect, the people aspect, and which I think then moves into sales and again, the influencing side of things. So 
I think the dyslexia is quite important because I've got quite a strong problem solving kind of head. Like I can mm. think problems through to come up with a solution. And I think that's another great skill for sales and building relationships. So I think, you know, when I look at how um, I managed to build relationships in hospitality, so for example, I worked in Sydney, I worked in, I worked in Australia for a couple of years and one of the one of the times again not sales related but the hotel was overbooked it was constantly overbooked because that's where you got the yield you would have to maximize the occupancy the average room rate and then you would overbook and the fact again a bit like the, the airline industry because you know some people aren't going to turn up so we were ever always having we called them walking them so they always had to be walked to different hotels because we were so overbooked all the time and i think that's where i, I it's the weirdest time in the world because although I was having to walk people, didn't have room for them, because I did that in a really personal way, people really built a relationship with me and respected me. And although I'm from Bath, I'm actually Scottish. So I can remember people writing letters to my mum and dad that they'd met their daughter and she'd been so helpful and really helped them that... and again that's all sales it's all related to sales but i think again it's the people side of things people buy people and they buy people like them so i now teach about adaption of behaviors but i think i was quite an early adopter to learn how to adapt my behaviors and reflecting on it now i i picked that up quite quickly so i think that was a bit of a game changer yeah, I love it. Uh, your concepts in coaching, I mean, you, you kind of say, say it, one of your uh, main mantras is, you know, customer service and sales are really the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. Can you maybe, you know, describe, explain why you think that is? Because some, I think some people don't uh, realize there's a lot of great customer service people. I've been on the phone with some amazing customer service people in my life. And you remember those experiences because you also remember the terrible ones when you're on the phone with a uh, customer service agent that is not giving you the time of day, but the ones that do, I, I actually say, hey, can I write you a recommendation? You know, I, can I write you a review? Like, can I, can I tell your boss? Because you helped me so much that I, that you don't even have to ask me for a recommendation. I'm just compelled to give you one yeah. because of the experience that you gave me. So can, can you explain yeah. why you think so, that that is? It's really interesting because when you start your own company, you know, there's, there's things that come in from corporate or like a, a mainstay. So things like your mission statement and your vision statement. And as an employee of a big organization, you don't always share the mission or the vision. But when you start your own company, you really have to come up with these things that are important to you because they have the core messaging. So I had to think, well, what, what do I really believe about sales? And I genuinely believe when it's delivered correctly that sales and customer service is exactly the same thing. So what I mean by that is you're not going to sell to everyone, right? You are not, it, you know, if I can't sell to everyone, I can't teach people to sell to everyone because I don't sell to everyone. No one does. If you, if you look again, things like follow-ups, things like, um, you know, caring about conversions, you know, sometimes people don't follow up. And to me, that's really bad because it's bad customer service. So, you know, you should be following up to get the know because if you're not following up, you're not giving great service. But a lot of salespeople, 
are they're either too pushy because they're too tenacious because they haven't actually built the need you know they're selling too soon but if somebody really needs what you are selling and you know that it's a match then it's your job to make that happen otherwise you are not delivering great service you know and that's where again sometimes sales and pushy sales they get wrapped in the wrong envelope because they're, they're they are following up but they're not following up because they've got a need they're just following up to hit quota and that's not customer service or sales that's just bad practice yeah no i think i agree i i think early on in my sales career i would always i was um and i think a lot of salespeople sometimes times get caught up in, in thinking i know they need this i know they need it they they they, they are the perfect prospect they have all they're ticking off all of the boxes of, of qualification and i'm going to i'm not going to rest until i show them that or i i you know they 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 buy because they 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 will they're a mess without this and and that could be the case but one of the best things a sales trainer ever taught me and he asked the room and, and it was so funny it was like almost like a trick question he says who who determines value in a in a sales situation you or the or the customer and i think people were nervous to raise their hand cuz you know they were nervous they wanted to say you know they thought uh, he wanted us to say us but you know people didn't raise their hands and you know he says the customer you you don't, don't no, no matter how good your product is you can't you don't determine anything no but i think this is where it's really interesting because people you know people make sales really complicated right they you know <laughs> they, they make it really complicated and it's not ultimately how do you switch that you you're the perfect prospect i think you're amazing like you're really fit that's it but you can't tell them that they've got to ask you they've got to tell you so it's always always about brilliant open questions and really turning that round so you know you know they're the perfect prospect but if you position that properly and you shape that call properly then you don't actually have to ask for the order they ask to buy you know and it switches the i call it the magical dance and i recently spoke at an event um a big, 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 big uh, conference, sales conference. And one of the things that I covered was again around entrepreneurship. So I get people to think like entrepreneurs because one of the key skills for really successful salespeople is they feel like they're running their own business. So nobody has to tell them how many calls to make. Nobody has to give them the KPIs because they set it themselves to make sure that they not only hit target, but smash it. It's what the overperformers do. And uh, in the talk, I brought up about questioning techniques and, and somebody said, oh, yeah, that's really basic. Yeah, it is really basic, but you have no idea how many salespeople do not ask really good open questions. And then when they ask an open question, they don't probe in with another open question and another open question. So, you know, the, when the customer starts to really come up with their solutions themselves and they say yeah i really need something that you know really helps streamline our productivity i really need something that builds us together as a team we really need something and you've really got with the customer you can say well actually bing bang bong my SaaS product does all that amazing look it's like we match a match made in heaven and that's how the value match comes about but so many people go, my product is this, my product is that, my product is the next thing. And the customer's not determining any value because it's not tailored to them. And it's, it, 
it literally is to me the crux of it all is great open questions yeah i love it i love it i want to kind of take that same framework and you know kind of um put it towards the 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 person that is listening to this that might not be in a quote-unquote sales role and um they're just you know maybe they're an entrepreneur um they're starting their own business maybe they're in customer service maybe they're in any walk of life really um and um you know how how do you think let, let me let me ask it why do you think first off that people you know, just have this aversion to, you know, selling um, in general and, and, you know, kind of, um, you know, trying to, you know, win, win over the business. And, and how do you think that that framework that you just mentioned could apply to anyone in their life to get what they want? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because, again, a lot of sales is psychology. It's the psychological side that I really love. So if you go back and strip it back to the caveman time, you know, the fight, fight or freeze that, you know, the internals and, and we were talking off air about continual learning and, and why it's really important. And for me, I'm just getting to the end of my second book. So although I, I get the whole psychology behind sales, I have to look at the personal psychology. And there's a book called The Chimp Paradox by um, Steve Peters. And he obviously talks about the logical side of the brain and the chimp side of the brain. And I think it does come to that fear, the fear of rejection. So again, if we're in a situation of fear that we're either going to fight, so we will continue to you know, pick up the call and, and, and take the rejection on the chin, or you know, we'll flight, we don't want to make any cold calls. We don't want to make you know, calls to people and go out of our comfort zone, or we'll freeze and we'll just always do what we've always done. And I think, again, that applies to salespeople as well. Um, and I think that it, it is that, you know, even, even me and you, Alex, and every salesperson out there, we don't really like rejection, but we find ways to overcome it and tolerate it and, and rationalize that when they do reject you or hang up on you or tell you to F off or whatever they tell you to do, they're actually not telling you, you know, you don't know what's going on with them. And I think that's another thing that the top salespeople do is they've, they've come to terms with rejection and, and they've overcome that fear. So I think that's important. And, and I think that's where it flies into the fact of the art of getting what you want. So a lot of people are scared to put out there what they want. You know, they're, they're, they're scared in case somebody laughs at them. That's a really stupid idea. Oh, he's never going to get that. You know, we've, we have that internalize and it's it's a psychology thing that i think holds us back or the other thing about getting what you want bringing it back to sales because in the new book and we're so close to being finished we've kind of again put it into a methodology so secrets of successful sales has got a clear methodology it's around <laughs> behavior process strategy and confidence it's really quite a clear and simple system mm -hmm. so when we look at the art of getting what you want again it's more of a personal development you know it can apply to everyone from customer service to salespeople to you know getting your kids to make your dinner or you know whatever it is but splitting it into is it a me thing so is this mm -hmm. the thing that i want is it just me do i want to run a marathon it's a me thing it happens between my ears or is it a we thing? And not like a Scottish we thing, but a we thing. Is it a you and I thing? Because as soon as it starts to be a you and I thing, that's sales. 
and again if you see to somebody that like say you want to um say you're white you you want to go on a fancy dancy trip to i'm going to say the florida keys because for us that's a huge thing you wouldn't turn around and say i want to do that because then somebody's going to say no and again like sales where do you go from there so again it's the same as sales you backload oh, i think maybe a vacation what you know what's your thoughts i'm going on vacation in um november 21 oh yeah i think that sounds quite good okay so you know what type of vacation a warm vacation or a cold vacation oh i'm looking for a cold vacation okay so you're eliminating you know and and, and what, you know, which parts of the world do you think that would work into so you're just backloading the questions that you want to go to bath in december for the christmas markets but if you say i want to do that and somebody says no where do you go so you backload the questions it's the same as sales so i think that's where really defining is it a me thing a we thing and then freezing your questions and then going for the clothes. Boom, those tickets are on the desk right away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. My um, my wife and I talk about uh, vacations all the time and we love to travel. And we just, you know, there's so many, we, we, and we're, we both have similar things that we like, but we also have different things that we like. And, you know, the, you know, the, 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 I know that, um, you know, some of the best vacations were when we, you know, we both just kind of talked through it, you know, what, what, what do you want to do? How many days? What's the weather going to be like? Where do you want to stay? What do you want to do? And we just kind of talk, talk, talk instead of, I mean, when it's like, hey, we're going to go this place and I, I'm, I'm not a part of the discussion. Yeah. And that's like, so coming back to the question you said about value, you know, what determines value it's actually, to me, a good sale and a good customer service is when everybody's happy. It's the win-win. And I believe that that flows through to life as well. It's not just, you know, selling a product or a SaaS product or a, a service or whatever. If You know, to get, a, and I, I hate using the word happiness because happiness is too wishy-washy. It's undefinable. But if happiness means that you do two vacations a year, you do this, you do that. And that's, I think you have to define happiness. That's a me thing. So I think that's a setting goals. You know, we talk about it, obviously we get targets and sales. You know, you need to set targets in your real life, but otherwise you can't achieve them. And I think as humans, you know, coming back to what, you know, this, the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? So we've got to make sure we hit all the boxes in Maslow's. And when you reach closer to the top, that's when you do start to define what makes you really happy as a human. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's what I think. I, 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 <laughs> I, I love your approach because in my mind, what you're talking about, um, you know, is why I really started this podcast is that we all are these unique humans and we all want and need different things. I, I talk in the beginning of like, we want to all want to be heard, seen and understood. Um, but every single one of us has different reasons uh, to be heard, seen and understood, whether or not we think we do or we don't they're all different. Sales methodologies are great, um, but there's no one single sales methodology for every single person in the world that you, you have to sell, you know, you have to, you know, interact with them differently. And so um, I feel like a big part of it is just being natural. I was watching someone um, give you a review on, on YouTube with your coaching and, and, and they said, um, you know, uh, she's just, uh, her styles just make, it's very natural. You know, and I think in, in, and that's where, you know, it's you, there's a concept of, you know, just kind of not feeling like I'm being sold. It's, it just happens. And we, 
are better off afterwards and we're like oh wow that that just is i, I just feel feel good um i don't i i don't feel sold so i'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So one of the things, like, if we look at the methodology, the first one is behaviours, because ultimately people buy people and we buy people like them. Um, and, you know, we talk about, again, it's, I, I feel it's really overused, is authenticity. You know, it's like that word just gets churned to pieces. And I think I always stay true to myself. So what you see is what you get. So, you know, Alex, we could have gone to school together and we chat like like the way it is. I, I, I stay, you know, I, my grassroots is my core. But what I talk about is how to adapt my behaviours for sales. So the methods I use are based on William Moulton Marsden's DISC. So again, for anybody that hasn't studied anything in the psychology field, some people are task focused, other people are relationship some people are introvert and other people are extrovert. So I've like really honed my skills to identify that really quickly. So I can work out somebody's behaviors within seconds. So although I stay true to myself, I know that if it's, for example, somebody that's really task focused and introvert, they need the detail. And I'm quite a low detail person, but if I'm doing any prep or plan for a sales call or a conversation, I know that if I haven't got statistics and in fact you were on the throwdown the u.s ladies on the vanilla soft throwdown was <laughs> oh absolutely amazing with those statistics <laughs> we didn't know those were coming um but really that's again how you would adapt so although I, I keep my style natural it's the little nuances of the behaviors also if you've got somebody who's maybe a relationship focused introvert then what happens is they don't like to tell you no and they don't like confrontation so even as I speak about them, my gesturing, my tone and my pace is just a little bit slower because I'm starting to build a relationship with them because I'm not giving it blah, 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 or I'm not going buy my product, buy my product. So again, like even the way I deliver my messaging, I still stay true to myself. Like I, I am who I am, but I adapt my behaviors given the person that I'm speaking to. And I believe that also comes through on how you email people how you message them on LinkedIn, um, how you would have a phone call with them. That if you've done that preparation, you still stay true to yourself, but you adapt to what they want because they're going to buy somebody who's like them. And it's not by, you know, being fake and phony. It's just tweaking a little bit. And and, what, and one of the things, like, you know, when I'm doing live gigs or anything like that, I'll say, right, who was brought up? to treat other people the way that you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And they all put up their hands and they go, me, 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 me. And I'm going, well, that is nonsense. Do not treat other people how you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. And I think that's, I think that was a game changer. When I learned that, you know, I'd always hit target, but that's the thing that elevated me onto the next level, the real advanced, was that the behavioral side of things. And I, yeah. again, I think that's something that a lot of people could learn really benefit from learning yeah no i mean i've only really kind of um you know took it to heart in the last couple of years the platinum rule there's a lot of great ted talks on it and um books on it and and, and you, you know you bring it into sales and i agree i mean the the, the golden rule is it's an amazing rule for empathy and how we treat others but that rule you know really you know kind of changes your whole framework of, of really how you um really look at what others really 
you know, want, um, you know, truly, truly, because I mean, we, I mean, how we're raised, our experiences, who we are inside, what we care about, you know, it is all different. So you have to, you can't, you know, come at someone the way that, you know, you think something should be done. I mean, <laughs> I, um, you know, just this morning, like I, I shut all the lights on in my bathroom and uh, shut all the lights on, shut the, the, the fan on and everything just to, you know, quick get ready for this and, and do my hair. And my wife's like, why are you shutting all the lights on? You don't need all those lights. You know, I call her the light, the light sheriff on me. <laughs> I'm like, well, who cares? It's just four lights. I mean, it's just, I'm only in here for 10 seconds, but you don't need them. Why? And I'm like, okay, I will, you know, adapt my, my turning on the lights for you, honey. Uh, if that makes you happy, right? You know, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> the art of getting what you want, you get the lights on for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, okay, cool. Um, I want to know, um, you know, you have this unique thing on your LinkedIn profile. Um, how, uh, <laughs> what is, is the, the, the Queen's Garden Party like? Um, because that, I, I would think, has to be one of the greatest things of maybe, I don't know if you wanted that, but it came to you. Um, but there's a lot of people that would, uh, you know, um, line up to uh, have that as one of their get what I want moments. So, Oh, do you know what? That was a big honor. I mean, really, and it, it kind of, it was unexpected. So I was sitting in the, and we work from a home office. I think that's one of the things, like we've always tried to keep our costs fairly low. So we work from a home office and one of the girls was sitting next to me, working away, doo -doo -doo, and the email flies in and I'm like, is this a hoax? You know, this is, you know, the, the Queen's office. Is this a hoax? Anyway, I read it and I was like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. But, you know, a lot of your listeners, you know, could have been to the UK. And when you go to the UK, usually London's the big destination. And when you go to London, you know, you want to go to Buckingham Palace, Trafalgar Square, you know, there's loads of the tourist spots. So, you know, loads of people know them all and, you know, you see it on the TV. And outside, there's always a queue of people waiting for like the changing of the garden. You know, they're all they're all kind of waiting in case the queen comes out. <gasps> well, you get to go in the gates. You go in the gates, and it's like, <gasps> and you check your, you know, the, through security, you check the passport and all that. And you've got to wear a hat. So when you're in the presence of the queen, you've got to wear your hat. So you're there, and you're all fancy dancy, and and it it, it was. Just, I like literally, you know, one of those moments, and you know, at Touchwood, I've, I've been to like um, 10 Downing Street as well, not actually outside, but in, I've gone through the doors and wow. there's all these amazing things. And when you go through, you, um, you see it again, like if there's a royal wedding, you see where the coaches come in. So not just the bit at the front, there's like a, another courtyard in the middle before you go through. And then that's where like the, the Queen was and um, Prince Philip and you get your afternoon tea and but what you don't know like they've got massive gardens I didn't realize the gardens at the back of Buckingham Palace were so big um but it was amazing literally and you you know you don't get to go close and shh, you're not meant to take photos it says everywhere no photos no photography but of course now with camera phones just the the fact that you've been honored it, it's it's huge massive thing i was so grateful for it yeah i just thought that was so unique that was so awesome 
Um, well, maybe towards the end, I, I want, you know, to just leave people with some actionable advice, um, things that they can, you know, do, um, you know, in their day to day. So I want to start with the non-salesperson. You train a lot of entrepreneurs. You're the entrepreneur's godmother. I love that uh, title. I am the entrepreneur's godmother. <laughs> the godmother. Um, so what do you, uh, what are the, you know, biggest things you can impress upon someone that um, is, you know, starting a business has not really received any formal sales training. Maybe they don't really want to, you know, go through formal sales training. They feel like it's, you know, just not them. It's icky. What, you know, what are some uh, pieces of advice you give to that non quote unquote non salesperson? I think every entrepreneur needs a godmother. It's <laughs> 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 number one. And then the other thing is if you don't sell, you don't have a business. Now, I think this is really imperative because, you know, when, when we work in sales, you know, we work as a part of a, an organization and we are the sales function. So what we do is we obviously learn to sell to bring in the revenue. But I think sometimes we don't realize our importance in the machine. Whereas if you don't have that focus as an entrepreneur, especially as a startup business, and it's really interesting because I work with quite a lot of young entrepreneurs. So they've won the apprentice or dragon's day and like shark tank oh, wow. so that's my sort of cool. um, clients have won those not not all not all one but my sort of yeah, top, yeah, top yeah, yeah, that and i think it's really knowing your numbers and and knowing sales are the two phenomenal things that you need to take away because if you look they go oh yeah yeah i'm um i'm crowdfunding for this and i'm looking for investment for this or and they're too readily want to give away part of their company it's like anything like it's about making the money come in at the top and watching what you're spending in the middle so that you make a profit at the end and it's the same way that we live our personal lives you know you bring this amount of income in you've got your mortgage you've got your outgoings you've got your electric bill for the lights you got this you know you got that so if you can save money somewhere then you've still got money left for your vacation it's the same concept as as running a business and I think that, you know, if you get nothing coming in at the top, you're not going to make your business sustain. It will fail. So you need to focus on sales. And if you believe that it is a customer service because you believe that the product or service that you've created is what someone needs, then that's what gives you confidence to sell. It's not icky. It's not yucky. It's just genuinely opening up that, you know, what's in it for the customer great questions and then ultimately the customer will say yeah I think I'd really like that and that's when you know you start to close the business without even having to ask for it yeah I love it I love it all right so what about the trained salesperson maybe 10-15 years of formal sales training <clears throat> maybe they've been at the top maybe they've been you know a roller coaster career maybe they've been a just an always at the top person what are some things that um, you know trained salespeople can learn um, just to be better, maybe a better human uh, salesperson. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. So my kind of worst nightmare from a sales training perspective is if they're going to say like, okay, you got a group of um, top, or not even top, but like sales guys who are in their 50s that have been selling for 30 years. Like, you know, we don't know if you're the right person for the job because you know what, these guys have been round the block. They know their stuff. What do you think you can bring to the party? Well, I think that sales has changed. I think if you look at younger salespeople, and I think, you know, going back 30 years ago when I was the young buck on the street, you know, I was like giving it all that they come with the energy. Sometimes the energy 
deflates a little bit the older you get. So I think revitalizing is a good thing. Also, if you look um the the techniques and, and again if you look at the older generation, they've kind of honed the techniques and the, the behaviors and the questioning techniques. They've kind of got that skill set down pat. And if you look at the younger people, they're right into social selling, you know, they're not as active, the relationship building isn't as strong. But to me, again, we met through LinkedIn and, and, and part of the reason we met through LinkedIn was, um, you know, we started to connect because you had been on one of the throwdowns, but instead of sending you a message, I sent you a wee video, I went, hi, Alex. And you went, hi, Alison. I'm like, oh yeah, let's have a connect. You know, the older guys think, oh, I, I don't know if I really need to do the videos. I don't need to do that. I don't, oh, social selling, oh, no, I'll just do cold calling, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's, it's never thinking that you know everything just because you've been around the block a bit. And I think that's where the real top performers are embracing what they've known from cold calling days, but really picking up the techniques using social selling and, and maximizing what they do with LinkedIn. So I think it's, again, always been open to new stuff and touch wood. So even they go, I don't know if you can bring anything to the party. Oh my goodness, because I use the skills myself. And I think that's what helps running my own business because I need that. Because if I don't sell, I don't have a business. It's not that I just don't hit target and I still don't maybe get a commission but I still get a salary. If I don't sell and run a business, I get no pennies or no dollars. So that's where, that's why I can teach them because I do it every day myself. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's so pervasive in, in our lives. I mean, you know, this this conversation, um, you know, it can, it can show up in our personal lives. And, you know, if you're in any walk of life in business, I mean, you needed those skills to get your job and maybe to move up in your career um, it's just as critical as being an entrepreneur. If you kind of look at your career as, you know, we're all entrepreneurs. We just may not have the title or the, the in bank account uh, that says we are, but think of yourself that way. I mean, right? it, it's interesting you say about the bank account because actually most entrepreneurs, it, it takes them a long time. You know, I'm not saying that like, like, um, Elon Musk or, you know, Jeff Bezos or, you know, they've, they've hit, you know, if you can go back to Maslow's, they've hit the top rung there. But most businesses, it takes them a long time to actually, they pay their staff before they'll pay themselves. And I think that's um, an interesting part of the journey that it's, it is tough at the beginning, just like at the start of your sales career or the start of the month or the start of the quarter when you're starting from scratch, you know, start a new job with a new sales company with no pipeline, you know, no address book that's pretty much what it is starting a business you know you're starting it from scratch and it takes a little while to build that up so it's the same it, it reflects back into sales as well yeah awesome well you know i think one of the keys kind of wrapping this all up is that we all are you know individually unique people we want to uh you know we want to get what we want but to get what you want it's it's finding out what others really want and um and uh, finding that unique person that they are and, and trying to, you know, kind of get in line with that and, and realize that you're, you're different than everybody else in the world. You know, wh who you're looking at is different and just find out about them in the very beginning. You just said, I'm, I'm really great about finding out problems. So, 
you know, my last question is just a fun one because I think we're all different. And, you know, if, if someone wants to, um, you know, you know, sell you or give you a framework, um, but even just to, to kind of make the point that we all are so unique, you already gave a unique story about being at the Queen's Garden Party. So my last question is always, what is something uh, or a situation that could only or would only happen to the one and only Allison Edgar? Um, something crazy that could only happen to you? So, um, oh, I don't know. That is a really difficult question. Like something that's, uh, do you think, Pat, something that has happened only to yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, something that's happened to you. Maybe a story, you know, it's like, you know what, that is totally me. I, I you know, this happened to me and you know what, my, my husband or my mother or my friends would be like, yep, that is totally something that would so, happen to us. Uh, just only that, happened to so, um, and it sounds a bit odd. So I mentioned earlier that I've been to 10 Downing Street. So that's probably like the equivalent of the White House, isn't it? 10 Downing yeah, Street, White awesome. House, same, same kind of thing where the president or the prime minister hangs out. So um, I was invited to run a Christmas market at Downing Street. Now, I, I've never been to the White House, but it looks quite big. And Downing Street, you don't really know because you really only see the little black door, don't you? But it's a tiny little street. It's not large. So I'd been invited by the Chancellor of the Exchequer to do this um, Christmas market for Small Business Saturday to run a little, like, a little stall talking about my business. And it was run by Small Business Saturday. So I got there and they were setting up the little, you know, like chalet style markets and things. And again, touch wood, a lot of great things happen in my life. And, and I I run at such a fast pace that sometimes I don't take time to smell the coffee. I don't take time to appreciate it. So I get to Downing Street and I'm setting up my little pop-up banner and I'm like quite excited. And I needed a wee, right? So I said to the organiser of the event, where do I go? Is there like a porta cabin? She's, no, 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 you knock on the door at number 10. And I'm going, <laughs> yes, no, really. I can't, I, there's not much time left. I really need to go. I said, where do I go? She goes, no, you knock on number 10. And I thought, oh my goodness. Like knock on the White House. Like Listen, the front door like of the White knocking House. knocking on the front door of the White House, right? <laughs> to go to the bathroom. The okay, I, literally, Alex, I kid you not, that's what it was like. Anyway, the man opens the door. Yes, madam, can I help you? I said, I, I need to use the bathroom, please. Come in. And I'm like, <laughs> literally, come in. Oh, okay, I'm in. And I tell you what, so, uh, you know, not, not any final details, but as soon as I kind of walked in and I was washing my hands coming out, I almost broke down in tears because when you do smell the coffee in your life and these unique things happen to you, you have to appreciate the effort and the time and the years that go in to these unique circumstances. And I think, you know, the point I'd like to make is we've all got those circumstances and they might be funny or they might be special or they might be something, but appreciate every single baby step that went in to making that unique experience. And that's what makes us human. Oh, wow. What a great close. I love that. Uh, I love that story. And just, wow, that is so unique. And I'm going to remember that for years to come and, and tell that story <laughs> for years. It's an amazing story <laughs> and just kind of ties it all together. Um, Alison Edgar, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we could connect in a very human way on LinkedIn and yeah. you know, just the power of it delivers, you know, this great conversation. So thank you from the bottom You're of welcome. my heart all the way from uh, across the pond.
Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Good luck with the podcast. All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human. 